This is the Tribe of Millionaires podcast from GoBundance. The tribe of healthy, wealthy, generous people who choose to live epic lives. Listen Tuesdays for featured guests and Fridays for GoBundance member spotlights. But listen always to hear how our guests have grabbed life big. Now, here's your host, Jamie Gruber. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Tribe of Millionaires podcast from GoBundance. I'm your host, Jamie Gruber. And today we're joined by GoBundance women's member, investor, and the founder of Wealth Warrior Women, where she helps women build financial success, Tamar Hermes. Welcome, Tamar. Hello. Exciting to be here. I know. We just saw each other three days ago, so it's been, uh, it's been uh, too long, way too long. I know. I just miss you so much, Jamie. <laughs> so let's start with a little bit of your backstory. You've had some significant success, and I think a really interesting story uh, of you know, the industry you've come from to where you are now. Can you just kind of give us the journey of Tamar? <laughs> yeah, sure. How long you got? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm a little over 25 years old. Uh, so I, uh, yes, I started my career in the entertainment industry and I worked with networks for, uh, for several years, about 12 years um, as a writer, producer and editor for advertising. Then um, I had a sales company where I worked with um, uh, baby products and um, worked with um a couple companies wholesaling to uh, to stores, and um, while I was raising my kids, which is a big job, uh, and uh, and then I um, and all the while I was an investor, so I was investing in real estate, discovered real estate um, back when I was an executive intelligent and bought my first property, and so I was buying real estate all the while, and uh, then at a certain point at the crossroads that we all talk about. Uh, you know, that balance of our pillars was that I just felt like I had made money, but I didn't feel completely on purpose and completely like I was living as largely or standing for something uh, significant that really meant something to me uh, deeply in terms of, you know, my legacy and uh, the way I was showing up in the world. And so I took a big leap and started Wealth Warrior Woman and wanted to help other women to learn how to build uh, financial wealth. And that has been very satisfying for me. It's been, been a lot of fun. And, uh, and it has also opened up a lot more time for me to get more and more involved in real estate investing. And I'm, I'm involved not only in real estate investing now, but in a lot of other kinds of business deals as well. And it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun to spend my time doing that. Yeah. And you've scaled, your success is, is incredible. And you're somebody that I, I look up to and admire in that regard. You talk about that purpose breaking point, if you will, and, and kind of pursuing what you felt was more purposeful for you. Give me timeline on that. So, so like you said, you're a bit over 25 at this point. Um, you're, I know your kids are grown. Uh, was this something that, I, I guess, from investor to exit, was that all within a short time frame? Like, Give me kind of an idea of when did that, 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 I don't know, that sense of this doesn't feel good anymore to me, what I'm doing. I'm an executive in the television industry, which for most people would be like, that's the coolest thing in the world. But when did it not feel purposeful anymore? And what was that next step? Was Did investor come in that time or were you just happened to be, did you just happen to be investing before? Can you give me kind of a layout of that, that timeline from, you know, exit? Yeah. Yeah. No, Jamie, that's such a good question because honestly, it took 
years. It is a long, long journey. And I think that uh, there are, we hear stories, especially in GoBundance, there are so many fantastic stories of, you know, I had $18,000 and I have $5 million. And I mean, that's all great and it can work, but it isn't common. And most of us don't grow our wealth overnight or we grow it really fast, lose it, and then grow it again, which we hear a lot of stories about as well. So for me, my background, so starting before I became an executive, which sounded like, oh, I became an executive. Well, I had huge mindset issues. I came from uh, no money. I, my father was a Holocaust survivor and my mom was a, an immigrant in Israel um, before it was when it was Palestine and Syrians were shooting at them, um, you know, trying to, um, claim the land for Israel and make that, uh, make that a state. And, uh, the, um, the, uh, effects of, of feeling like, you know, I was kind of the, the, the poor kid and I was supposed to be the poor kid. Cause that's how I grew up. Took me a long time to get through. So it was always a burning desire to me, even as I was getting successes, my job in entertainment was great. It was a lot of fun and I was really fortunate. I made very good money uh, and it was creative, but there was always this burning and desire in, in me to be bigger and to stand for more and to make more money. And I just did not have any clue how to do it. And I also had no idea that I could do it. I had no idea I could do it. And buying the pro my first property was really just an act of desperation. I knew nothing. I mean, we didn't have bigger pockets back in those days. Yeah. And I literally was just trying to look at my bottom line in terms of how I could just get a little more freedom so I could do more of what I wanted to do and find that purpose. And it, and the thing is, is the one thing that I would say that I really wish that I would have done is I wish I would have honored my process more. I kind of beat myself up a lot and felt like felt less than a lot because I was looking at people that had found out what they wanted to do or that were those people that were already at that multi-million dollar mark. And I thought, I looked at them. It's like, you know, when you compare your beginning to someone else's middle or, or, or um, very seasoned venture, and it's easy to do. I mean, you can't help it. Like you go on Instagram and you're like, ah, oh, shoot, you know, like I'm working so hard. What's going on here. But the truth is like, as soon as you can just realize that, you know, they started somewhere too. I mean, everyone did. And there wasn't nobody for the most part um, had just an easy Right. I mean, maybe there's a couple people in the world that that have, but there's probably somewhere else where, if it's not in finance, there might be somewhere else in their life where um, they're um, they're depleted. So, yes, it was to answer that answer very uh, a long format is that That's it great. took it takes a long it, it took me a long time I would say, and I would say that um, that. Fine. And it's also a big commitment too, right? Because we know that as we scale, we need to go narrow and deep, right? That's the way, that's the format. There's most of the people that you're talking to that are at this multi, multi-million dollar mark, they have decided to go narrow and deep on something and really pursued it heavily. And that means you have to give up a lot of other things. It takes a long time to grow, to, to grow wealth, I believe. And for the, for the most part, and I think part of the reason is, of course, one, because a lot of us don't realize what we're capable of. 
But the other is that we're not willing to go narrow and deep. And because when we go narrow and deep, it means we have to get, say no to a lot of other things. And when you're on your journey and your purpose and your life, you're thinking, I don't want to spend all my time on this one thing. So you really need to be able to commit and let go of a lot. And I think that that's very challenging for, for entrepreneurs and for creative people. Yeah. It's you, you, a couple things you mentioned there, like the, the gift and curse of go abundance at the same time is the comparison piece, right? Like you see so many people doing things. And I think, you know, for me, it's always a, like a, like a, a scale of, of, of bouncing off of envy and back over to appreciation, right? Like I can appreciate somebody's success when I start to envy it, then it becomes dangerous or it becomes like you said, I, I get, I get out of my lane. I start to want to do other things like, well, if they're doing that, let me do that too. But appreciation is like, wow, I love what they're doing. And to that end, <clears throat> when you compare like the elite to champion divisions, right? In the men's side and, and in the women's side, from the standpoint of who's at that elite and champion level, people like me in the elite level, we do tend to go mile wide inch deep because we're, we're, we're finding kind of our lane a little bit, right? But I've noticed amongst the champions, people like yourself, people that are at that, that net worth level, that's, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 million or more, it's all about that. They found some narrow lane and just went all in on that. You know, you hear the term safe line, aggressive swing. And I know you've done that uh, with real estate and building your business and building wealth, wealth warrior women. Um, so it's, uh, it's great, great. It's great perspective. And I love what you said about it takes a long time. I think that's the norm. I don't think the, the rocket shot I had 18,000 now worth 10 million. I mean, that's like, that's the one we want to compare to, but it's the, it's the, it's the, uh, it's the lottery winner, right? Compared to just what we all do, which is go through that journey of a longer term wealth. And at some point you have your hockey stick, right? It kind of, it shoots up. So, and you've gone through that, I know, but yeah. Yeah. And the other thing about it too, is that at the end of the day, like no matter how much wealth you have, you're still with yourself. So mm. that's why it's so important to cultivate all these other pillars and to make sure like, if you start seeing yourself, it's easy to do. I mean, everyone does it, you know, you slip into envy a little bit and you start looking at what other people have and you start thinking, or what other people are doing or what they've accomplished. And you think, my God, like, where am I in that picture? Like, who am I? Do I have a, do I have, do I carry that vision too? Like where people do people look at me like that? And that's why it's just so important that you keep your relationship with yourself really solid because there are going to be times where you're looking and you're reflecting at your life and you want to make sure, yeah, you know, I'm proud of who I am or I like where I'm headed or I honor where I'm at. And I just think it's really important because you need that energy to keep going. You need that energy to keep growing. You can't, you can't get anywhere if you're not going to get up in the morning and uh, do your miracle morning or put on a happy face, whatever you do, get on your Peloton, but you need to uh, make sure that you are um, working that, that core muscle, um, the core muscle being your mind connected with your body and your, your spirit and your, um, and the way that you walk through the world. Makes sense. You're, you're in a position, you know, in kind of a, a rare position that you don't have to work, right? You're, you're in this position in life. You've gotten yourself to the point where, you know, you could sit on a beach as many dream about or whatever the case may be, but you've got wealth warrior women. You pour into these women to help them build financial success, kind of following your model and not just women, but you know, I know men as well uh, uh, resonate with your message and your brand. Why do you do it? What, what's the, is 
yeah, why do you do it? What is the the reason behind it or the passion behind it? Can you just explain that? Because again, it's got to be a lot of time and energy and uh, emotion behind you working with people who are trying to achieve certain things. So why put yourself through it, I guess, is the best question. Why Why go through it? Yeah, I love that. There's nothing that we do in life that is rewarding as what we do to help others, ultimately. You know, when you wake up, part of the reason why a lot of people are in the coaching space or in a space where they're supporting others is because when you realize, oh, okay, I've got a couple million dollars in the bank, like I can take it easy a little bit. Some people end up feeling a little empty or, or feeling like, is that all there is? Or feeling like, wow, okay, I got here why don't I send the elevator down? Why don't I lend a hand to someone that just hasn't figured it out yet? What a better world it would be when more of us can be up here because it doesn't feel that great when you're the only one up there. That's why we join Go Abundance so that we can be around like-minded individuals that have also achieved a level of success that we can enjoy that together and we can share and grow but we, but we definitely, I, I feel like that, I, I think it's also where I came from. I mean, knowing that I didn't, knowing that I didn't have much when I grew up and that along the way I had to struggle to figure things out and people lended me hands to support me and to care for me. I just feel like that is, I think that's at the crux of life. Yeah. That is really the juice of it where we really want to where we really want to reflect on who, who we are and how we're going to be in the world. And I think when it's all about you, it's just ultimately it ends up being empty. It's just like all those, you know, what about people that have millions and millions of dollars and they're by themselves, they don't have children. They don't, not that, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm a huge fan of kids. So, um, you know, if you don't have kids, no judgment, I, you're wonderful. And I honor that wherever you're on and you're on your journey. But I mean, I personally like, you know, if you don't have a partner or you don't have kids or you don't have friends, even, you know, like you're lonely and you don't really, you know, it doesn't matter that you're wealthy. It doesn't matter. So it just goes to show that it's like, unless you're, um, filling that cup with relationship and with serving on in some capacity. I mean, I love my time that I spend with my clients. It's also, uh, you know, everybody comes with a different challenge. And so, I mean, it's all about finance and about scaling and about growing and about taxes and about all these things, but it, they all come with a specific set of mindset baggage, a specific set of lack of knowledge, a specific set of what they haven't accomplished um, in terms of um, buttoning up their life insurance policies or their living trusts or, or something inside of how to secure and build that wealth. And so it's just, um, it's like a puzzle that I get to be, um, get to support them with. And I love seeing it grow, you know, or it's investments, syndications, uh, uh, buying properties. I love my mastermind. Uh, yesterday we were on a call and every single woman in that group now has bought at least one property. And that's so cool. Like, cause I know from the bigger pocket statistics is that um, maybe like out of all the people that listen to bigger pockets, maybe 5% will ever buy a property, which is uncanny to us who are in the space and who know like, Hey, why wouldn't you buy something? But there's a lot of fear attached to it. So it makes me feel really good that once they get over the hump and some of it's not easy and some are struggling, you know, and having, 
non-performing tenants or having, um, you know, waiting for permits or, but they're being bold and they feel like they have the support. So it just, it's very, um, very nurturing for them and for me. What's going on, everybody? It's Jamie. I'm jumping in real quick here because some people are listening to this podcast thinking, man, I hear this guest. I hear what they're talking about. This whole go abundance thing sounds pretty cool. I'd love to be a part of that. And I would say to you, if you are qualified to be part of go abundance, you're a millionaire or accredited at the very least, jump on to GoBundance.com and just put your application in. You'll get on a call. It might even be with me where we can talk about what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish and what it is to be part of this community in depth. Would love to have a conversation with you about that. It's been just so life-changing for me. And for those of you out there that are saying, yeah, sounds great. I would if I were a millionaire or if I were accredited, but I'm not there yet. We've got that now. We've built a program and I run it. I love, love being a part of it. I left my job for it called Emerge and Ascend. Emerge is where you got to start. It's a 12-week intensive sprint goal-setting course. You're going to get curriculum every week. You're going to get live intervention every week. You're going to get connection with GoBundance members every week. You're going to get accountability from like-minded people every week. Jump into that, kill it, and we invite you to Ascend, which is essentially the GoBundance Mastermind without the million-dollar requirement. And we actually even add in coaching to help folks find their purpose, their mission, their values. It's intense. It's, it's everything all wrapped in one. So again, if you're a millionaire or you're at least accredited and you're wondering about this GoBundance thing and that should I, shouldn't I, just apply. Throw your name in. You lose nothing. All you do is put your name into an application form. You get on a phone call and then you decide. If you're not yet at that million dollar mark, look at Emerge. GoBundance.com slash Emerge. And what you can do as well is drop my name in there, Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, and we'll knock 200 bucks off the tuition for Emerge. Jump in there and we'll get you started on your journey toward being a whole life millionaire, toward getting to GoBundance, whatever you want. People in Emerge, people in Ascend, people in GoBundance all report back often the changes it's made in their lives financially, relationally, and everywhere else. So go to GoBundance.com, check all of that out, see wherever you are, dive into that particular area of GoBundance, and we'd love to see you inside of the tribe. Now, back to our show. What, what do you find, to your point about they all come with their specific set of mindset baggage or, or need for education around real estate investing or whatever it may be, is there anything common amongst the women that you've worked with over the years? Uh, you know, obviously, you know, a little deeper than maybe just mindset, but like, is there anything in that mindset that's very common that you would, you know, if, if you were to pick 10 women out of, your, out of your clients, you know, is there one sort of thread that you would draw between them that prevents them from maybe, maybe achieving financial sex or, or success or has to this point done so? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of themes. Well, my clients have all achieved a certain amount of success. So they're all pretty, you know, they're all doers. They're all going for it a lot. There's a couple things. One is the lack of education, right? Mm -hmm. And even when you get educated, even yesterday, like one of the women in the mastermind was saying, well, I really want to do my first, she just bought a piece of land and they're going to build a, her and her husband are going to build a house. She says, I want to um, do my first short-term rental, but my husband's worried. He thinks I'm going to lose all my money. Mm. So battling those kinds of deals where we know that there, we know that so many people are doing it. We know that it works. We know that there's strategy behind it and that there's support that you can get for it. But yet we still have to, you know, if your spouse is, is still in that mindset of, um, you know, you, uh, we're going to lose all our money. That is something that you have to address. And that can certainly um, create some conflict inside of you. Right. Because, it's your spouse. So, and I know there's men too that talk about like that have achieved a lot of success and the wives are saying, 
oh my God, stop. You're going to lose all your money. You don't know what you're doing. You're, you know, like, let's take it easy here kind of thing. So, I mean, it goes both ways. It's not just um, one or the other. Uh, and so uh, one is getting past that and getting to no, this is what I want. I know I can do this. I know that I, I know that this makes sense. I know how I'm going to mitigate my risks. So that's one thing. The other thing is women um, have a uh, have a, a terrible time acknowledging their successes. I can't tell you how many women uh, the accolades. Like if I was going to introduce you to five Go Abundance women, the way I would introduce them versus how they would introduce themselves would be completely different. You'd be like, is that the same person? Yeah. yeah that person's done all this stuff, but they're just going to be like, yeah, I do this. Um, you know, I, so that, and I mean, that can happen with men too, but I feel like it's really more indicative with women. Um, generally I feel like men do it more when they've just achieved so much, they don't really want a lot of attention. And so they'll just say, you know, um, I do, you know, I have one, one of my friends, uh, um, partners, he, um, her, her life partner, he, um, owns, uh, several pizza huts, several, not like two or three, like several. And when people ask him what he does, he says, um, I, I sell pizza. So there you have it. You know, he's the chairman of the board of like right. a very large company and a big, big, big franchise, but he'll tell you he sells pizza. So, but with women, we do it because we don't want to brag or we don't want to look like, um, or we don't want to overstate ourselves. We don't want to be like, I am this. And then someone challenges us and then we're like, oh yeah, I shouldn't have acted like I was that great after all kind of thing. So I think that those, those two things are, are um, big big uh hurdles to get over we were just having this conversation uh not you and i but me and, and a couple of other people uh, at this event in austin who have daughters i don't i have sons um and uh, and even with their wives and some of the struggles that you know like women have with men and men have with women but you know it, the the setting was one of vulnerability and being open and you know some guys opened up about challenges in their relationship uh things that they're trying to overcome uh, and just maybe even uh, the difficulty in understanding the wife's perspective, not in a bad way. Like they understand their perspective, but they, they can't quite get their head around what it is. And we, we sort of had this discussion about, especially if you're a 35 year old woman and plus maybe 30 year old and plus, I don't know, but you probably come from a generation like you and I do where parents uh, uh, had defined roles for men and women. I know for me with my sisters, I was raised very differently from, from them, right? The the control and restriction and expectation of them was probably, you know, prep, prepping them to be a mother and be a wife, right? To sort of be subservient in some ways, right? Where for me, it was, you're a man, you got to go out there, you got to provide, you got to do all these man things, right? So that generation you're brought up in. And then once you get to a certain point, that inner being, like you talked about, you've always had this drive and desire. I got to believe, and maybe I'm wrong. And I want to ask this. I'm, this is a, a theory that I have a, a majorly successful woman from a generation that might've been more teaching you to be a mom and a, and a wife. How do you, how do you resolve that? Or do you need to, or am I way off on that? Cause it feels like you've got to be tugged in two different directions. Like mom and wife is your upbringing often. And you know, if you're again, 35, 40, 45 year old woman or more, but you, you, you have ambitions drive, uh, uh, you're able to achieve, you're smart, you're, you know what I mean? You have all of these attributes that make you successful in business. Like, is that a, is that a block for a lot of women? Is that something that for you, maybe you struggled with, or am I way off base in saying that that's gotta be a, a challenge for women? 
Well, I mean, I no, I mean, I think that that might be at the source of of some of it. Uh, you know, it's always I, I like this story I once heard about if if a little boy goes out and to do a lemonade stand, they'll um, the parents will say, "Oh yeah, great, go for it. I hope you make a lot of money." And then if the girls go out, they say, "Oh, be careful. You know, like just right. watch yourself." So it's like we're kind of learn to be a little more tentative. I really wasn't raised um, to. Um, be a wife and, you know, and be subservient to a man. But I definitely, um, I really wasn't raised with, with any knowledge of anything other than the fact that I knew even, you know, my parents were just limited. I mean, that's all I can say. They're not, they weren't bad people. They're not, oh, no. um, you know, that. but they were just severely limited. Um, and, uh, and so as a result, I mean, I knew right away to me, I, I knew that if I wanted a certain kind of life, I was going to need to work for it. Now, ultimately, I got very lucky because I happened to marry a partner that meets me halfway and is great and does a lot and is amazing uh, and is very successful in his own right. So that that worked really well for me. But I didn't go out into the world thinking my only hope for success is to find someone that can take care of me because that was never the case. And my father, honestly, he really didn't make a lot of money. So to me, I never really saw a role model, like a guy was going to be able to help me, um, mm, you know, sense. have kind of a financial a life of financial security. So I always work my own. My clients are like that too. I mean, I don't have, I don't have any um, women that come to me that are thinking, Oh, I just, you know, I really want my husband to take care of me. But since I can't, I want to, I want to make a living. I mean, they're all making at least six, you know, seven figures in the bank. And so uh, it, um, I think that it just does come from uh, that, that it is fairly new for us to be in the workforce. And maybe we don't have as much of, hey, get out there. I think women in this generation now, like our kids, like my daughter, she wants to be an anesthesiologist. She's uh, does all this, um, does all, has two jobs and she's very ambitious. And I think that the, the girls that are growing up right now um, are much more, uh, m realize a lot more what they're capable of and the parenting skills, just, we just had a better vocabulary. I mean, with all the mindset that came out and everything, like we knew, you know, okay, nurture your kids, tell them they can do things, support them, teach them how to do stuff, uh, guide them, you know, we, so we had a lot of those resources. So I think that it's, it, we're going to see a whole different generation of women, just like it has been, like more and more women are coming up in the, um, you know, in owning businesses and real estate and, and, uh, and doing a lot of um, doing a lot of uh, other very ambitious uh, ventures. So I think it's, I, I think it's changing. Completely agree. And yeah, thanks for that. Thanks for clarifying on that. Thanks for that story. Cause I completely agree. Like I think now, and I guess it's the the gift of social media in some ways, how public it can be. I look at you, uh, the Cody Sanchez's of the world, like strong, successful, uh, inspiring women that, you know, you don't even have to put the second part on there, right? The women it's just, they're people that are doing amazing things. And, and the, the blend of faces is getting, is getting to be you know, whatever color, whatever gender, whatever, doesn't matter. Like we, we love watching successful people. And now it, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be just a man. You know, you see women doing great things. You see people of, of color doing great things. And I think that's, uh, that's one of the blessings of everybody being so interconnected with social media is it's not uncommon. Like you said, women today that are being raised today, I think are getting, uh, uh I like what you said, better parenting skills, better language that we're using than maybe we did 30 years ago or 40 years ago. So I love that. 
GoBundant Swimming. Let's talk about that for a bit. It's relatively new, what, two, three years now, I think, old, uh, but growing. And it's, I mean, talk about inspiring people. I mean, there's you, of course. We had Shelby on here. Uh, we had uh, uh, Avery Carl, uh, Manny McAllister. I mean, you know, you, you, talk, you want to talk about like comparison. I'm writing down like, maybe I should do this. Avery's doing this, you know, like while I'm interviewing them on the podcast. Tell us a bit about more about GoBundant Women, the direction, the trajectory, and all the work that you're doing with it, if you don't mind. Yeah. So um, part of the leadership team uh, for GoBundance Women and the really the objective right now is just to continue to grow. The men are um, have been around a lot longer and they're at uh, over 600 and we're at, I believe, around 90 or 100 at this point. It keeps growing rapidly. And uh, we really want to just, we're really um, following a lot. I mean, obviously we, we are women, so we have certain ways that we do different, you know, that we, um, we have different conversations and we obviously connect in different ways, but, uh, but overall the idea is to just build this tribe where there's support, where we can do business together. And the women do, uh, and some of the women do business with the men. I mean, we, you know, we are, um, we're players in the space. Uh, we have couples where the, um, the husband is in GoBundance, uh, and the, and the wife is also in GoBundance women. Uh, so it's really, um, it's really uh, just we're, we're just expanding. And this is a tribe for successful women who want to grab life big and continue to grow and in all our pillars in our life, not just in finance, but really what does it take to be healthy and and have a good have good relationships and be accountable and have and be in contribution uh, in your life. So that that's all part of it. I love it. We've been true intentional on this, on this show about featuring more of the women's side. Again, we've had a list. You mentioned, uh, 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 husband and wife in the men's and women's tribe, uh, Nick and Elaine Stagerberg. I had them on like two weeks apart from one another. I, I was thinking after like, why not have them on together? Right. That would have been, that would have been great. But, uh, Elaine is, is just killing. I mean, she's a yeah. doctor and you know what she does in the real estate business. She's a tiger. Um, yeah. She really unbelievable. is. We, yeah. we all really admire her. She's definitely, um, yeah. I mean, the, the, um, levels of ambition are, uh, are, can really, uh, be, be modeled by, um, by some of the women like Elaine that are really pushing, um, the, the, um, boundaries of what's possible. And, um, and it's, it's very exciting. Yeah, no, it's amazing to see, uh, the growth of that group. And again, there's a, a Dr. Jamie hope is not far from me. She's again, incredibly inspiring and, uh, and successful, uh, person as well. So yeah, for those out there that are thinking about, like you hear this, this sort of guy centric podcast with GoBundance and everything else. What I love about the women's group is you took the pillars, you modified some of the language to, to be more fitting, if you will. I think the, the one sheet is for, for those that might listen and hear what the men's one sheet sounds like. I think the, the women's one sheet has slight modifications to be more, to be more relevant, if you will, uh, for women versus men. So there's a lot of intentionality on the women's side uh, of GoBundance. And for anybody interested, of course, we, you can go to the website and check that out. Um, in the interest of time, I'm going to dive into our, our uh, card question here to kind of wrap things up. And then I want to hear a little bit more about where people can find you. But here's our GoBundance card questions, the seven of clubs, seven of spades, no clubs. I always mix that up, which as I say every week matters, not, not one bit, but the question is, what is the most useful thing you've learned from your mom or your dad? That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, especially since we had this whole conversation about the fact that they were limited, but 
obviously, you know, I don't take for granted the fact that I am where I am today, partially because of who I became from those parents. And uh, for me, it always has to do with survival. And my parents uh, went through a lot and things that I could not even imagine uh, in their in their childhood, especially my father as a um, as a survivor of the Holocaust. He's no longer on this planet, but he uh, he endured quite a bit as a teenager, um, being in camps, work camps, Auschwitz, a lot, the whole a gamut. So for me, the one thing that I learned was uh, was um, a fierce perseverance. I mean, you can knock me down pretty hard, and I'll get back up. And, uh, and it would take a lot to keep me down. So I just have a, a fire in me that knows that I come from a long lineage of survivors and of powerful people internally in their souls. And there's something inside when you can, when part of it, of course, is luck when you survive something like a Holocaust, um, obviously, because statistically my father was not meant to live, but, um, but he did. And so it just shows an internal strength that I think that uh, that I have that I carry with me and um, that I I hope, you know, that I share with other women uh, and men, too, (laughs) if they you know, if they come into my space just to really share um, that it really is about getting back up. And um, and that, you know, we all fail and we all have setbacks and we all have challenges. And um, and it's just about, you know, how quickly are you going to get back up and get get in the game? Don't try to box me, though. I'm not top, not making boxing metaphors. I'm not a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Big fight this past weekend. Do you did you learn that um, that from example? Did you learn that from lessons spoken, like verbal verbal lessons from your mom or your dad, especially your dad? Like you said, this this concept of surviving, it's unbelievable what he went through. Was it was it example? Was it words? Was it and if it was example, was it on the spot? Like when you were eight and ten and twelve, were you seeing this show up, or was it more reflective when you got to a certain age? Like, oh wow, I can now look back and see some of the examples he set for me. I'm kind of curious how you extracted that lesson or that 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 internal drive to survive and, and drive forward. Yeah, Jamie, that's another great question. I love that perspective. I would say a lot of it has to do with me reflecting back. And, uh, and in my challenges and seeing, you know, that I could get back up and also looking at myself and realizing, shoot, I just got back up, you know, I, I'm, I'm back in the game. And, uh, and I think I I would say predominantly it was reflected because I think when you're young and you're in it, you don't see, like, I didn't understand the suffering. I mean, I just saw my own suffering because that's, how kids are like, we don't know, like we don't understand unless someone really explains it to us. And even then it's like hard to imagine And the way even the Holocaust was described. I mean, Ellie Wiesel talks about, you know, many times like um, in interviews that it was, the Holocaust was designed to be so horrific that you couldn't, that it really was kind of like when people talked about it, it was like, no way, like, there's no way that happened. Like, there's just no way that could actually be. And even, you know, when he interviewed with Oprah, even there were questions where he literally could not answer, you know? So, I mean, you know, these are things that I didn't understand as a kid. So I would say predominantly it was reflective over time, just realizing like, you know, you kind of look at like where you came from at a certain point and you got to honor it instead of, hate it. I hated mine. 
where I came from, I hated it because I felt like, you know, I didn't have parents that could communicate with me. I didn't have parents that cheered me on. I didn't have money. You know, I was like, I played a victim for a very long time. I was really like, woe is me. You know, this is, this really stinks. But the whole time that I was playing, woe is me, I was taking action. And that's, that will eventually offset any, any victim mode. So it's like, if you're in that mode of like, oh shoot, woe is me. It's like, okay, what can I do today to not be that? And then take the action on that. And eventually it evens out where you're like, oh, wow, I have accomplished all these things. And now I don't feel like as much of a victim because I see what I was capable of and that that space brought me to where I am. And you surround yourself with the right people as well, which you do. And, uh, and it really does put accelerant on that. So I would say that uh, more than surviving, you've been thriving. So, you know, it's been incredible listening to your story. I, we've had a couple of these interviews, but it's funny. There's like these little like valleys you go into that I didn't know about. Right? I feel like, okay, I know tomorrow going into this interview, I'm kind of have a sense of what we're going to talk about. It's like, actually, no, I wasn't aware of the Holocaust. I wasn't aware of a lot of your backstory. And uh, man, this was powerful. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing with us as always. Um, where can people learn more about you, about Wealth Warrior Women? Where, where do you want folks to kind of be directed for you? Yeah, sure. So if you want to uh, learn more about my work, you can go to Wealth Warrior Woman, W-O-M-A-N. And I'm also at Wealth Warrior Woman on Instagram. Uh, but definitely you can go to the website or email me at hello at Wealth Warrior Woman, W-O-M-A-N.com. Woman. Got it. I've been saying women, but woman. Got it. That makes more sense, actually. You know, it's <laughs> you're speaking to one woman at a time, right? You're you're trying to, yeah, I get that. So wealthwarriorwoman.com. Hello at wealthwarriorwoman.com to reach out. Yeah. Beautiful. Tamar, thank you so much. I appreciate you jumping on. Great seeing you a few days ago as well. You did an amazing job on our purpose panel. We got a lot of people buzzing about that afterwards. So appreciate all that you contribute and all that you give and your time and energy. Uh, it's infectious. So thanks again to all, all that you are. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thanks for the opportunity to share. The Wrong Tribe Confounds. The Right Tribe Compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller, Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. Thank you for tuning in to the GoBundance Podcast. We hope to see you at a live event in the near future. If you're new to us, here's a quick explanation of our programs. Number one, Emerge, a web-based journey for millionaires to be. Number two, Ascend, an interactive mastermind, the next stage of our journey. Number three, GoBundance Elite, the original tribe of millionaires. Number four, GoBundance Champions, five million net worth and above. Number five, GoBundance Women, a tribe of amazing badass women. For detailed information on all five of these, simply find us at GoBundance.com. Until then, grab life big.